As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints happy cast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's its painful. All right, everybody, we have a very special Saints Happy Hour for you today. Uh, Andrew, I get asked a lot about like when we went to, when we did the live show at Tracy's and if people email me or DM me about my WWL.com, they always ask, do the Saints listen to the Saints Happy Hour podcast? Do they know God, you guys? God, I hope not. Do you do they know you exist? And I think today's guests prove without a doubt that the Saints not only do they not listen, they don't know we exist because we got Connor Payton. Oh, by the way, who is a patron? Connor, thank you for being a patron. Uh, Connor Payton, Sean Payton's son, has agreed to come on. And if the Saints knew that this podcast existed, they would have told him. That is the worst idea I've ever heard in my life, Tom. Yes. Yes, it's horrible, this idea. But they didn't. So, Connor, thanks for joining us. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So I, I mean, I think they'd be happy I'm on here. I don't know what you're talking about. I think <laughs> I think this is I think this is fresh, and they need this to hear some of this news. You know, Connor, I know everybody understands the situation with the coronavirus, but the one thing I wanted to talk to you uh, right off the bat is your situation was a little different in that your dad he got it thankfully he's fine but what was the initial reaction when you first learned it because it swirls all around us but like until it touches you and grabs you i think your reaction to it was different what was your reaction when you first heard it's like oh my dad dad you've got corona what yeah so uh i actually was in new orleans for mardi gras and then I would say when did this outbreak happen? Three or three three weeks after that, but yeah. they were saying how they think a lot of it was then. But he, I hadn't seen him. I didn't see him three weeks until he he, he told me he's like, hey, they uh, I have some signs of corona and I'm getting tested. And the doctor's like, probably have it. So I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, but we'll find out. And like, I think he found out in four days he got the results back. And he calls me that morning and he's like, uh, I have corona. And I was like, wow, like that's just really like. Cause you, oh, you're just hearing all this hype and you're like, oh, is this really like, what is this? And then all of a sudden, like someone directly to you and now all of a sudden having the conversation of like, okay, so he's going to release this. And then now when he released it, like for the next hour, I'm answering phone calls about not only if I had Corona or someone's son who I was hanging out with or someone like, you know, everyone's like covering their traces. And it was just a crazy 24 hours just after that period. But he's all good now. Negative test. He's donating platelets now. So that's, but it was definitely some scary times. Well, yeah, and I remember 
just hearing that news and you know thankfully for us when we heard it he was kind of on the other side of it so i imagine for you guys and your family uh just kind of finding out in real time uh, that that's crazy and certainly a lot of people are going through that but you know the other side of that coin is a lot of awareness uh, has been acquired by people just from him being out there preaching the message so uh, you know that's yeah, that, that was the goal yeah yeah that's the silver lining Connor, I want to ask you about, so, you know, obviously you have access in that you're Sean Payton's son and you, you get a chance to maybe experience things, hear things that your average fan just isn't going to be able to hear. But there's a big difference between access and the draft is happening right in front of you on your couch, in your living room. So can you talk a little bit about just the experience of the draft this year and literally having it inside your home? Yeah, I mean, so I've, uh, I would say since I was pretty young, I've always really been into the draft and it's been the player evaluation process and the scouting process. So with this, my dad called me a couple weeks before the draft and was like, hey, um, they're thinking about doing this in the living room and like, not only I want you to come here, like, I kind of need you to come here. I mean, like, I, I, like we're going we're gonna to need to do this. And I was like, it was just such a great opportunity just to be that close. And really, it almost made the draft seem less as serious as it was. But, like, it, I was, like, it almost seemed like a fantasy draft. But then you look at it and you're like, we're doing things that, like, this is NFL pro. Like, we're making big decisions here, but we're in our living room doing it. Like, it was a really rare and one of those experiences I feel like, 40 years down the road, somewhat like it's going to be cool to be like the Corona draft. So talk back on that. I feel like, so wait, so your dad was like, I need you. I need you to help me do the draft. Like what, what did he have you doing from the couch and the house? Yeah, so he, I mean, I mean like he obviously like I'm not making decisions here, but he has got a bunch of screens on here. He's got one video chat here. He's got one video chat here. So I'm helping, you know, unmute him. He's talking for 10 minutes. And then I'm like, you were muted the whole time. And then I'm doing this, this and like, <laughs> helping him. like it, I was basically made, uh, you could call me an assistant, get some drinks, you know, hey, can you give me a Coke? Yeah, I got you. That that was more my job. Maybe move some magnets around. Player gets selected, put his magnet on the team. Well, so if, you're, if your dad's anything like my dad, you were as much there for IT support as anything else, yeah. right? Oh, that was that was the main purpose. That, that was what I was there for. <laughs> so, you know, I'm curious, Connor, I mean, you're uh, – gosh, I mean, you're – your dad's been with the Saints so long now, it's, it's practically your entire life. You, I know you're a huge Saints fan for obvious reasons, but do you even have any memories of him coaching other teams, or is it just kind of your first memories are really being a Saints fan, him being on the Saints? It's, I mean, it's crazy because I was born in New Jersey, actually. He was coached for the Giants, and then we moved to Dallas when he got the assistant head coaching job there. But even then, we moved to New Orleans when I was five years old, so, like, I don't have many memories before New Orleans. And then growing up, just it's like you don't really – you have to – I didn't really notice the magnitude and, like, everything that comes with his job and the importance of it until you have to become, I think, a certain age. Until I was, like, really 13 years old, I could, like, kind of step back and be like, whoa, like, like this is – because you're, when, you're, when you're six years old and he's the head coach from then on until now, like, it just becomes a, that's just your new normal. But – it was, I mean, I would pick nowhere else just to have a fan base and just constantly be surrounded by the greatest fans. And it's honestly so cool just to like, I'm seeing security guards in the dome that saw me since I was six years old and now I'm about to turn 20 in a couple of weeks. So it's, it's crazy. So, you know, you, when, when we were talking about topics to talk to you about, you, you brought up a great one 
that I really liked, and that was playoff PTSD. Uh, and it made me realize 2017, 2018, 2019, all those losses hit you just like the rest of us, right? Because you just said you, you've oh, grown oh up like the Saints, is, the Saints is all you know. Um, here's the thing, though. Andrew and me talk about 2018 and 2017, the playoff losses, all the time, literally. Andrew will just call me up and be oh, like, he'll be like, if Josh Hill wouldn't have got hurt in the 2018 NFC Championship oh. game, it'll be all different. So me and Andrew can all do different. that because we're, we're, we shoot the shit. But you're Sean Payton's kid, right? So do you, can you, like, bring it up with him and just chat about those pain, yeah. painful losses? Or is he like, it's nope, that's in the locks yeah, box, kid. Don't bring up to me about bad throw in the fourth quarter of the 2018 NFC Championship. I don't want to hear it anymore. I mean, so I think now that I'm getting – like, every every year I've been getting older, I'll, I'll say stuff to him and he'll – I think now he's starting to maybe respect my opinions a little more, but he's still like, all right, come on. But because I'm still not in tap with the team enough. I definitely like huge fan, just like y'all, but I definitely don't think I have like much more like actual pull on that. But when it comes to the PTSD and the playoff losses, man, like, gosh, I heard, I heard someone who was, I don't know who it was on y'all's one of your podcasts is saying how much just the Rams one was just specifically much more worse than the Vikings one. Cause the Vikings one, I, I don't know who I can't. I'm taking someone's words out of their mouth, but they were no, like, it it's me. The Rams know, loss is traumatic is like a top five traumatic thing in my life. Like, and I, no, I'll just admit it. It's like father dying. I was going to say top two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like it's, it's, it's traumatic. Like I, I literally probably five times a week. It'll just a random moment from that game will just pop into my head. And I'd have been like, if that would have gone different, They'd have won and they'd, mm. they'd have two oh. Super Bowls. Over under how many times you've rewatched that game? I'm I think I'm about like five. Oh my god. The the Rams one? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's I, what I do. I'm I'm like that. I just rewatched I think. I don't know. I, I've watched it once and that was maybe a month ago. So I I haven't even been been able to get close to that. I have mm. not recently. I have not watched the Rams game, Connor. I won't even watch the 2009 NFC Championship game from start to finish because I'm afraid that if I watch it, it might end up different because it was so close. I, I, I'm, I've been nervous in that game because even <laughs> then, like, I, I was I was nine, but I was crying after he Garrett Harley hit that kick, like emotional. I think the whole, whole city was, to be honest, though. But I know watching the Rams game five times—that's like cutting yourself, Connor. I'm a little worried about you. Uh, I know. <laughs> I, I, I need to talk to somebody about that, but um. I don't know why I do it, but the Vikings one was just the only. I think the Rams one hurt worse just because I, not only that game happened, I'm going to school the next day all week. It's like Connor, I'm so sorry, like because everyone is on your side. Everyone knows you got screwed over. Everyone's like, oh, that was the worst, and you're and you're just hearing it constantly. I bet y'all heard it all. I mean, for, you're in New Orleans, so everyone's talking about it. But these people were more like not Saints fans, but cared about me, so they're trying to console me, and that's like the last thing I need is just. <laughs> bringing it up i don't need consoling yeah. i need super bowl tickets you understand that's yeah, what yeah. i need i need i need to be going to miami i got <laughs> no two years ago it wasn't miami it was uh minnesota. atlanta no atlanta yeah you're right minnesota was the year yeah minnesota's minneapolis miracle okay. i got it right now. so but yeah the minnesota one the only bad part about that one was it was negative 10 degrees outside and going outside I was I was at that game in the stands and just in that purple swarm and I think from when Stefan made that catch to 
Like the second he made that catch, we got up out of our seats, and I think we were like in the car leaving the stadium within two minutes. Just <laughs> almost a full sprint out of the stadium. My most traumatic memory of that game is I was so excited about me and Andrew to do the instant game recap. I had it all loaded and all ready to go. And I was like, oh. this is going to be the most fun podcast experience we've ever had because they came back from 17 nothing, And it just all burned to the ground. Yeah, it was, the game was such a good game because obviously I've rewatched that one too. And you really note it. Like they controlled that for, it was just a roller coaster of emotions because you're like, wow, we're getting our asses kicked. And then now like, Oh, it's tied and oh, we're up and then all of a sudden, boot! Like it's just the second you the second you had a little bit of hope. Yeah, this podcast Dang. got dark, man. It did. <laughs> I, I know. Let's, let's, let's lighten it up a little bit. The PTSD, <laughs> man. We can talk about this for an hour. I, could, I mean, I've uh, how many conversations have been like this? <laughs> Ralph, you want to ask him about the uh, Michael Rapaport thing? Yeah, I do. So, um, Andrew, you, uh, so sorry. Um, Connor, your dad mentioned on Michael Rappaport's podcast, it was a couple of years ago, uh, when this, you know, it was right after they had played the Rams in LA in 2017. And your dad had said to Michael Rappaport, he's like, I knew we were going to play like shit against the Rams because we practiced all week terribly. Uh, and when Andrew said you were coming on, that was one of the first things I thought of because I was like, man. Does Connor know, like, at the end of the week, like, if Sean Payton's grumpy and he's kind of rude, mean, and difficult to deal with, does that mean, like, the Saints, I mean, they didn't practice good, so they're not going to play good. Does your dad, can you tell by your dad's mood during the week, like, does it make you more or less nervous about the game? See, I don't know. I mean, I think after games, he might come up to me and be like, yeah, I mean, we had a tough week. Like, I knew this was going to be, um, but I would say prior to games, like, leading up, he's the most optimistic person you can talk to. Like, he will not. He won't say one thing about like how our preparation's been this, but then after the game, when we're looking back on the week, and then he might say something about that. But definitely in preparation, he's we're winning this game and it's happening. Oh, so he's more like Mister. He's like Mister Positivity, like Drew Brees. He's he's in Drew yeah. Brees mode before pregame. I mean, maybe that's just to me. Maybe maybe he's just keeping it. Maybe he just doesn't want to give me the harsh details. Maybe that's what it is. But <laughs> well, I'll tell you, well, he's like winning every week. So I, I I have to like keep poking him. I'm like, what do you mean? Like this looks like it could be a challenge. He's like, no, I'm feeling good. I'm like, all right, let's like are well, you off the record now. Let's talk. Connor, I, I was gonna. Ask, I didn't put this in the question list, Andrew, but I want to ask him. In 2013, the final week of the year, the Saints they were playing Tampa. They were probably going to make the playoffs, but there was a possibility if they didn't beat Tampa, they wouldn't get in. And I was hesitant because I'm a gambling degenerate. I was like, should I bet on the Saints? Should I not? And I ended up not betting on the Saints. I didn't bet against them, but I didn't bet on them. And then I saw that he had you on the sideline next to him during the game. And I was like, I should have bet on the Saints. The Saints are going to win by a trillion. If Sean Payton is like confident enough to have his kid on the sideline next to him, I'm like, it's going to be fine. Is there anything you remember about that game? Gosh, I can't remember anything specific about that game, but I've definitely heard like other coaches and people and players be like, man, let's just say we love it when you're around on the sideline. And I'm always like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> I kind of feel like I'm in the way. Like, I don't know. And they're like, no, like coach is in a better mood. Like we, we like, Hey, everyone, everyone's happy when you're in town and staying around. But was that the, so 2013 is that, and then we go to Seattle the next week. Well, they, they, they went to Philadelphia in the playoffs and won. And then they went oh, to, yeah, to, we're, to we're, they we're lost in Seattle. Yeah. Seattle. The Marcus Colston, the throw, whatever he had. Yeah. That was designed. Hey, that was designed. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, while, while we're uh, 
going on Saints memories, this this is one of my favorite stories uh, about you, Connor. So I, I'm going to set it up for you, and then I'm going to let you run with this one. Okay. But and we're going back to the Mark Ingram draft here. And oh, the right. reason – I think as I get older, I gain even more appreciation for this story because I have a 10-year-old son now. And right. uh, Ra- Ralph's a little older than me, but he has a younger son. He got he started later than me. But Ralph, you, you'll you'll find this out about when your son gets older. By the time they're ten, like I'll he'll come home from school and I'll be like, hey man, how was your day? Like what did you do today? And I'll get nothing out of him. It was fine. Uh, not, <laughs> not, not nothing really. Like it was good. You know that that's as much as I can yeah. get out of him. But what he will tell me is what sport he played at recess. And who he beat or who cheated to beat him. So like he he will always remember that and he will always tell me that. So at that age, the kids, it's all about one upping your friends in sports or just you, and, and you live and die with that. And so right. I remember the story about that draft about you're at school and you're probably around the same age, right? You're what you're like twelve. I'm at this exactly point? ten years old. No, I'm ten, 10 years old. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. I, I'm just picturing my son having this inside information. And telling too his old dad, like, yeah, the, the Saints are drafting Ingram. It's happening. And then you see the Saints draft Cam Jordan. And take it from there. Like, are you just pissed at your dad at this point? So it's funny because I was probably, like, talking. I mean, you know, 10-year-olds at the time, no one wants – I'm even don't want DNs. Now I'll be like, but it's not like an O-lineman. But it kind of was to a 10-year-old taking a DN was kind of like an O-lineman in the draft. So – I'm probably telling my dad was probably like, yeah, we like Ingram. That's probably all he's told me. And I took that and probably run with it. Talking to my friends, I have some Bama friends that, and they're all loving Ingram. Who doesn't love Ingram? Heisman winner for Alabama. And all of a sudden drafts on, I'm like, my friends are excited. We're all excited. I'm watching probably one of the first drafts that I'm like, actually know a couple of prospects and maybe even know, have like a, a hint of what's going on. And I see this go on the clock and we're taking, we take Cam Jordan. And I was like, man, what the hell? Like we're taking Ingram the whole way. And, and then like, I'm, I texted my dad. I was like, he didn't, he didn't say nothing. I think he replied or said like, just wait or something like, just hold on. And three picks later two, I don't know what the number was, but we traded right back in and got him. And I was that definitely, definitely made my day there. Definitely saved me from getting some heat on the school yeah, yard. I was gonna the next say, how, how petrified were you during that 45 minute window? Just, just thinking that you had given wrong information to your friends. I was, I just, I just thought I let the squad down. I was like, oh, man, I thought we were getting Ingram, we were gonna get that Heisman winner, and everyone was gonna, it was gonna be happy. But we got both, and that's why I wasn't making decisions though, because we all see how Cam Jordan's doing now. That's right. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, de- decent pick. Cam Jordan was a decent. Yeah, pick. Not, decent. not, not too bad. Hey guys, we'll get back to this great interview with Connor Payton in just a second. We just wanted to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to the Saints Happy Hour podcast wherever you get your podcast. Especially if this is the first time you've listened to us. We love to have you as a listener on a regular basis. We do this podcast every single day. We are the number one daily Saints podcast. Consider becoming a patron. Join at the $10 level. You get a sticker, a magnet, a koozie, a crude to some cup and access to every single piece of content we do. If you are a diehard Saints fan, I promise you it'll be the best $10 you spend all football season, all year. You need your Saints content. We deliver it. Now, let's get back to Connor Payton. Now that you're older, 
I know you can't leak us insider information, Connor, because we aren't Jay Glazer. Like, I get that. But how much Incredible Saints insider stuff do you know where you just walk around, like, during the year or during free agency where you're like, I, I know this, I have to tell someone, and you're just like, how much, how much insider information do you have? Uh, I wouldn't say that much. Because like, I would say my – like when me and my dad are talking about the game or just in general, he'll keep me like, he'll keep me updated, but he's not giving me that like deep, deep stuff. And I, I, I don't want him to, you know what I mean? Like I don't even want that information yet. I don't, because what you were just saying, like, I don't want to be on the street, just like almost wanting to explode with just all this NFL news, like just waiting for a story <laughs> to explode. So I think he keeps me safe by not telling me everything. I'm with Connor. I wouldn't want to know. I, yeah, I, I mean, living, living with that would just be, I, I'd want to tell the world. I'd want to shout it from the rooftops. Yeah. It's hard not to because I just see other fans who have the same questions. And I'm like, man, I understand I have those questions yeah. as well. But You know, the whole so Mark I'm, Ingram thing was probably a test, Connor, that you failed. And so <laughs> now, now, you don't, <laughs> now you're not getting as much. Yeah, no, I think uh, the real test that failed was the 2015 draft where uh, – so – like we're going, this is like my 20. So now I'm, I'm 14 years old about like, this is my first draft where I'm like, no, a lot of prospects, no kind of have an idea of like what we're doing, kind of have some, maybe a couple of opinions on guys. And you know how they like to draw out this first round and they'll be like, the pick is in. And then do you know how the NFL teams know when they say, when the TV says the pick is in the NFL teams know who it is, but then it's like a delay until it's announced, obviously. Right. Yeah. So then we're, uh, we're on the clock and I was talking to my dad and when the pick was in, he was like, Oh, we're taking Pete. And I was like, all right, love it. And the pick was in and I know they were about to announce on TV. So I was on Twitter or something. And like I tweeted something that was like Pete baby or something like that. I, was, I mean, I was 14, who knows? Twitter probably had it for six months, maybe. And didn't notice that it went to commercial break and they still haven't announced our pick yet. And my Twitter just starts exploding and no I tipping kicks, like, Connor. I immediately delete this tweet, and everyone's like, oh, he announced it, tipping the pick. They're taking Pete. And next thing you know, come back after commercial break, they're taking Pete. And I was like, God damn it. Like, I, like, how did I not know that they have a fucking commercial break in between damn player selection? Like, I, uh, it's just a, such a 14-year-old mistake with too much information. I think that's yeah, exactly dele- what deleting it is almost worse. It is. You know, it's, yeah. Now yeah. I'm guilty. I think yeah, I tried to tweet something after two to like throw people off, like they were taking somebody else. Yeah. So that know. that's that's that a tip, nice. y'all. Find NFL coaches' children, follow their social media. They're bound to make mistakes and tweet out great information <laughs> before yeah. the rest of the public knows it. It's a good tip. Uh, I like imagine just a, me in a panic in my room because I wasn't even at like I was far. He was in New Orleans. I was in Texas with my mom and. 100 like more than 100 miles away just in an outright panic about leaking this pick before and he the only time we ever talked about it he called me that night and was like hey don't be tweeting during the draft and i was like I got it. and that was it never now it's like never not a piece well uh you you can get back at your dad a little bit because i noticed that when our podcast account uh during the first round tweeted that you know he had missed it this was after he did the whole cameo thing we said that he had missed his calling as an actor because his delivery was so perfect and he, perfect. he deadpanned it. I mean, it, you heard it in the open. It was incredible. But right. he liked that tweet at the beginning of the first round. 
and of this of this most recent draft. And at the time, we were joking, and we said, we're not sure if we should be pumped that he liked our tweet or terrified that he's liking it during the first round when it's actually happening. So you can, I'll give you that little tidbit so you can get back at him a little bit there. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I think the first round for TV is super huge, but I think it's kind of like for teams, it's especially for us picking in the 20s, like the early rounds, there's no way we're moving up there. And it's kind of – Totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely funny that he was still on it. Now he's gotten. I would. I would definitely have to give him a shout out though because he's definitely improved his Twitter skills over this quarantine time. And I just really, I'm just happy for him. It's finally. He's not putting space bars in between hashtags. He's not tweeting blurry videos. We're just, we're just improving. I love it. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. 
The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. Sean, if you're listening, don't ever change. We love that you are more out there on social media during the quarantine. Keep doing interviews. Keep tweeting Keep tweeting out from stuff from the playbook. It is amazing. It is a fountain of content that we at the Saints Happy Hour that have to do a daily podcast appreciate more than you'll ever know. So don't stop. Well, Connor, we can't let you out of here without talking about uh, the season that your dad was suspended and coached your team. And um, I know that was a special season to you. I, I watched uh, the documentary that you're – well, it was like a five-minute clip that your your sister did, uh, which was incredibly well done. Uh, but she uh, kind of explained how that whole season – and she had great interviews with you, and she had Bill Parcells on there and kind of recreated yeah, the whole, the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, it was awesome. But uh, – you know that I know that was a tremendous experience for both of you, really. And again, it's kind of going back to our comments about the coronavirus. It's making a positive out of a tough situation. And um, curious if you can just maybe tell us a little bit about what that was like as an experience for you, um, and just w- like looking back on it now, how that feels. But also, I'm just curious: is is your dad when he's coaching like Jamal Brown, and he's too? two inches from his face and poking him in the chest. I mean, he, he's not doing that to you guys, right? No, he definitely, he definitely took a new way of doing things when he came and coached uh, when I was in sixth grade. But no, I mean, it was, it was a great experience because, you know, just as a young kid, and this was kind of before, like, as I was saying earlier, how I kind of understood his magnitude and understood like, well, yeah, if he's going to be the coach, of the, like he's going to have to be away. Like, I you know I mean, like it didn't make sense, but this was as a young kid, you're just always seeing your friend's dad being the coach. You're seeing them being around and you're kind of like, man, like I just always kind of wanted that. And my dad is a coach, but professionally, like, why can't he be my coach if he could be a professional coach? And so I feel like this suspension, like it was almost just like a no brainer for him. And like, for especially him, I I feel like he was just like, let's do this. But uh, it was funny for me because in fifth grade, the year prior when he wasn't a coach, I was kind of a chubbier kid center and sixth grade was coming around and I was still a chubby kid. And I was like, all right, now that my dad's being a coach, I don't think I'm going to have to play center. It's my first time be able to get a little daddy ball action, you know, never had this experience. <laughs> Guess what? Week one, I'm your starting center until the, the whole season. <laughs> He's like, hey, you got to have the team win. Like, like you're, you're my son. Like, no, you're my center. <laughs> I, lo- wow. I love it. You know, it was you- great. I, mean, I learned, I think, him doing him putting me at that position, which looking back on it was definitely what I needed to play at the time because the next year is when I kind of started to grow and thin out a little bit, but like that's where I needed to be at the time. And 
it was best for the team. And it was like I should have received anything better just because he decided to be our offensive coordinator. Was reading the playbook for your teammates, was it like reading Sanskrit? So the names were definitely like a bit overwhelming, but he had like nice little pictures drawn out for everyone to see. So when you, when you visualize these things for, for the sixth graders, it, it, it'll make more sense. But if you just throw the names at them, they, it would have been a problem. <laughs> no, you know, most of us that are lucky to have great dads, Connor, but a lot of times, like you were saying before, we don't really understand their jobs when we're younger. Was that experience when you're, you're getting coached by him, one of the first moments where you like, man, my dad, not only is he, he's, not only does he coach the Saints, but like, God, he's really freaking good at this. It, it really was just because I saw how, because I've seen him around the Saints and how he acts, like just definitely like intensity and just an NFL coach. And then how he flipped that switch almost to come and because he knew he had a different meaning for the sixth grade team than obviously he would for the Saints. And for him switching that was just like super impressive to see because, I mean, he's probably had to do that his whole career, just all different places he's coached in. I mean, I'll, I'll honestly never forget that season. I don't think he will either. But And especially for all my friends at that school because they got to really see me and him and just see that not only I'm just a normal kid, but he's just a normal dad who's just a football coach that coaches in the NFL rather than on six, for sixth graders. So, Connor, I am not scared of Tampa getting Tom Brady and Gronk because Florida – Florida is where old people go to retire. They take their soup at four. They watch Wheel of Fortune, and they go to bed. But should I be afraid of Tampa with Tom Brady and Gronk? I mean, listen, it, it is Tom Brady, and, like, you got to respect – you got to respect Tom. But, I mean – if you look at history, you can see a lot of these players when they play, they have these great careers and they go to a new team for their last couple of years. But I don't know if anyone could change it. It could be Brady, but I'm kind of one of those people looking at the bucks. I have to believe it when I see it. I'm with you. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. The NFC South has definitely gotten more interesting. Um, oh, no doubt. Teddy, and Teddy and Carolina. We'll see how, like if, how they deal with it. If they do no fans or if they have fans, like I'm just curious to see how this season is. It's going to be definitely an interesting one. Well, yeah, you've been around football your entire life, Connor, and so I'm, I am curious. I'm, first of all, you're, you're killing it here, so I apologize in advance for all the Saints podcasts out there because there's like 600 of them now. Uh, so I apologize <laughs> in advance for all the ones that are going to ask you on now that you've come on with us. Uh, no but worries. just remember, you did the best one first, all right? I know. I saved, um, I saved the best one. I thought this was a good start. I, I really was excited or, to you guys. Or the worst, and he just is climbing the mountain. <laughs> Uh, but your, your sister's really into broadcasting. So I'm curious, like, is that, do you aspire to be involved in football in some way, or are you interested in kind of pursuing this as a career? No, definitely. So, uh, I would say my last couple of years of high school, I actually started doing some internships for the saints where I would kind of just go in for almost a week and kind of observe, take some notes. And then I did something over training camp where I was like, this, like a scouting assistant because I I feel like even though me and my dad I mean y'all might be like we all look alike I've heard that one millions of times but <laughs> I do I do feel like we're pretty we're almost wired differently and I have noticed I'm more drawn to more player evaluations and roster management rather than coaching and and strategy so but definitely finding my own calling and trying to find like my own way in football has been awesome and then especially going to TCU they have such a great program there around Gary Patton and I uh, had an opportunity to start in the second semester before obviously Corona to work in their football office and just kind of help them with some recruiting logistics and just for whatever their 2021 class of incoming high school students. But so it's just been really cool to see almost 
two real or yeah, actually two really good football programs at two different completely levels. All right, so now, Connor, before we get get you out of here, you've given us way more time than we asked for originally. We got to get to the important stuff. You're a big Game of Thrones fan, and you just said you're drawn to the player evaluation side. So I have a serious, serious football question that's Game of Thrones related. Who would make the better <laughs> offensive lineman? Hodor, the Mountain, or the Hound? I mean, I think you got to be. I think it's got to be the Hound because. I think we just saw the hound throughout the show really, really go through it all. I mean, Hodor definitely, but I think Hodor had one goal in line and was to hold the door. I don't think he would be blocking much. So he struggled with I the think, playbook. I think the hound died because I mean, you saw that hound and mountain fight at the end, but I don't know. It's a tough mountain and hound. I mean, that would be a that'd be a deadly tackle combo in the NFL. All right, and the second thing was we I got real excited that you said you like Rick and Morty. I love Rick and Morty. This oh, yeah. is the only soundbite that I could find that was not horrible and disgusting, but so I love you're it. Mining stuff to craft with and crafting stuff to mine with. Uh huh. Did your dad write this game? We should talk to him. Yeah, that sounds fun. I love that. I love Rick and Morty, Connor, but I love that soundbite because I hate Minecraft with a passion. My four-year-old kid is trying to figure it out, and all we end up is with. It, darkness and in tears. He doesn't understand what's going on. I don't understand what's going on. I hate it. I love that sound from Rick and Morty. So here's my so football fun. question related to Rick and Morty. Yeah. I feel like Rick would either be the greatest NFL general manager of all time or the worst because everyone would hate him and try to get Nothing him fired and or, and or killed. I, yeah, I don't know if you could get the. I don't know if you could do the deal with. Because the GM's got to be personable, and they got to convince these players not only to put their pen on paper. So who knows if Rick's going to really start <laughs> when these players start getting really trying to change up the contracts? I feel like Rick would be like, "We don't need you," and then who knows? Where we're going Do something there. terrible like create a time machine. <laughs> start pulling from old players, taking players from the '50s just to see what yeah. happens. That's what he'd do. Feed probably. feed the Give opponent to dinosaurs and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, we want the 50s players. Get them on the salary cap. but. So, Connor, once again, thanks for joining us. Guys, he's a patron. You should be a patron and support the show, and it allows us to do cool interviews like this. And if we can get to 1,000 people giving us $10 a month, uh, I can do this full-time in my boxers from my kitchen table. Uh, Connor, we cannot thank you enough, guy, for uh, for giving us time and coming on and uh, talking well, Saints I was gonna say, he, with he's us. He's probably, I mean, you've got Ralph's spot. We'll just kick Ralph out. And you can run the podcast if you want. <laughs> the no, audio would definitely get better. I, I can I can assure you of that. Thank so, you guys for having me. I had a great time. Guys, we will see you again tomorrow. <laughs>